Thanks for tuning in to an all-new episode of the Heads and Tails Fantasy Football, but not Fantasy Football Injury Report. We are talking about the wild card weekend playoff games today uh, with my co-host Sniffles McGee over here, uh, otherwise known as Joshua Boyd. Um, can't seem to, to, to you know, keep, get away from that Sniffles bug over there. I'm good. Some players got the injury bug. Josh has the Sniffles bug. And I play through it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Again. <laughs> oh, okay. Now we're coughing. Too much. Too much stuff going on. But for the listeners out there, if you hear a few sniffles, I'm not editing them out. So suck it up, just like Josh is sucking up here to provide you with the most most earth shattering, up to date uh, NFL injury information. Uh, we're going to start off in order of the games that occurred this weekend. Starting off with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Titans won this game 22-21. Exciting, uh, exciting game with a big, big comeback. Yeah, this is a terrible loss for Chiefs fans. I mean, it's some of the stats that they were talking about after the game. Or Andy Reid's lost his last six home playoff games. Um, there was teams who have an 18-point lead or more at halftime are now 67 and 4 all time in the in the playoffs and Andy Reid is 0 2. So he has two of those two of the four all-time losses when leading by 18 or more points at halftime in the playoffs. What do you think he's doing at halftime like giving the guys donuts or something? I don't I don't know. That was a fat joke. That was I mean. I know it was a fat joke, but so it was it's a I don't know, they just didn't give the ball to Kareem Hunt in the second half and they had some really awkward, bad play calls, and they missed a field goal, and they didn't make any stops. Um, from an injury standpoint, Travis Kelsey going out right before halftime was probably the biggest uh, – was a factor for Kansas City, obviously. They were moving the ball and probably pretty much doing whatever they wanted to, um, and Kelsey was a big part of that. Um, and he went out right before halftime um, on a drive that they ended up scoring a touchdown to take a 21-3 to lead um, with a concussion. So, And I think – with this concussion in particular, it was memorable because of the symptoms he exhibited afterwards. He was, like, very unstable on his feet. Yeah. He needed to have his teammates kind of hold him up. Can you explain the play itself and, and how the concussion occurred? Yeah, so he caught a pass over the middle, going kind of towards the sideline, right about the hash marks, and got tackled. He was going upfield, got tackled around the waist and was going down, and another defender was um, – coming at him from the side and I mean it wasn't it wasn't dirty at all it wasn't malicious it was just I mean it's just kind of bad luck it didn't even lead with his head the guy um the secondary guy for Tennessee um looked like to me went down to try to put a shoulder into his shoulder maybe loose jostle the ball out a little bit or something yeah Yeah, and it ended up it ended up being side of the helmet to side of the helmet um, so it wasn't like you said. It wasn't, it wasn't crown of the helmet. No, it wasn't. Or, yeah. He didn't lead with his head. He didn't. It was there was no intent to it, but it was just side of head to side of the head. Um, and you could tell he was um, groggy, almost maybe out as soon as he got hit. Um, he couldn't stand up. He was wobbling, like you said. He had to be um, helped off the field. So clear no go uh, criteria for that concussion protocol. Yeah. So I mean. At the same time, I, yeah, I don't, obviously you don't want to be critical of the Chiefs because you can't be critical of anything that they did. Um, and like we said, he had a concussion early in the season that he didn't miss any time for, but he missed the rest of the game. So we talked about this. Week 5, Sunday night at Houston, he got a concussion. Uh, similar time of the game, like right before halftime, um, on kind of a similar play, going down to the ground, helmet to helmet. Um, that one was a little more 
uh, malicious. The guy got a penalty for that one, if I remember correctly. Um, but he missed the rest of that game, which was week five. He ended up playing the next game. Um, but he already he had a diagnosed concussion already this year. So uh, they came out right away and said he was done. So I think there was it happened with like a minute left to go in the half. They went down, scored a touchdown to make it 21-3. Um, when the third quarter started, they came out and said he's not he's out for the game. I mean um, – anyone watching the game they knew he was going to be out the rest of the game yeah no you would think that but if it was 3-3 instead of 21-3 would they have automatically ruled him out I mean you would like to hope and think so dude but I don't know based on what like based on the Cam Newton stuff that we'll get into later um I don't know maybe it's just my my, my skeptic I think Travis Kelsey's uh symptoms were way worse than oh Cam no Newton's, I, yeah. I I agree it's just the skepticism of would they have automatically ruled him out or would they have just said he's questionable? I mean, it would have been hard to keep him out for the third quarter and then put him back in, obviously. So I think I think he would have been done for the game no matter what. But um, I think it did play a huge impact on the second half of the Chiefs, Chiefs not having him. Um, it just it wasn't the same. I mean, one of their uh, their third string tight end, I think, had, I think they said had six or seven catches all year um, who was playing – because they, I mean, everyone gets bumped up a lot, and they used a lot of two tight end sets. So he was on the field. Um, he dropped a big third down play in the in, in the third quarter um, in Titan ter- territory when they, I mean, they could have had points on that drive. It was like a third and six, a little quick pass that hit him right in the hands. Um, so uh, obviously it had a big impact. And like I said, Kelsey was kind of doing whatever he wanted to um, at the beginning of the game, especially in the middle of the field against the Titans, um, against the Chiefs or against the Titans defense. So. Like I said, I uh, basically with the with with the Kelsey thing, they every it was handled about as well as it could have. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't dirty. Um, it just it stinks. He had an, he had a concussion already this year, and he clearly got another one. So I mean, that's that's unfortunate, but it happens. Um, and I'm glad to see the Chiefs held him out. And I mean, but it, uh, at the same time, it's one of the things where if this happened ten years ago, he probably would have been playing when the third quarter started. So I mean, it's 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 good in that sense that it's it's moved forward positively from from the concussion standpoint. Yeah, and uh, just some Instagram comments on that hit uh, from our post today. Uh, Lauren Conroy, uh, she thought that he was you know he was already close to the ground and thought that his hit was unnecessary and. A lot of times I'm in agreement with that, but on this particular play, I'm thinking I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, only because as a defender, he wasn't like so close to the ground. Like he might have been able to like spin out of that or um, possibly, you know, continue to, you know, gain yardage. But also he was trying to knock the ball out, it looks yeah. like, too. So and he, the, the defender didn't come from half the field away. Right, I mean, the defender was a yard or two away and just tried to put a shoulder into him, like you said. Your shoulder, your elbow hits the ball. He fumbles there. That's a game-changing play for the for the Titans. Right. So, so, uh, and then we got uh, Pablo L. Komodin, uh Thought it was just unfortunate speed of the game. Um, thought that the the ripping the ball out at the end of the play was a little uh, excessive, but. I, when you're in the heat of the moment, I don't think that yeah. guy who ripped the ball out of his hand was thinking like, "Oh, Travis Kelsey is hurt and he has yeah. a concussion." Yeah. He's probably just thinking, "Ooh, ball!" Like yeah. scoop and score, balls like, out. Yeah. Try to get it. Balls yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. I, yeah, obviously this was unfortunate. It wasn't even a speed of the game thing. It's just unfortunate football play. It wasn't even like it wasn't a fast play in my opinion. It was just yeah. It's a football. It's a football thing, and it's unfortunate that he had a history of concussions already that uh, obviously have played a role into it. So, but. And then you have uh, something to say about uh, the referee, Jeff Triplet, Triple T's uh, rough day. 
<laughs> so his, uh, this guy's got a lot of crap on, on Twitter, um, and he actually retired after the game. So supposedly he was going to retire when, the, when all the reports were going, ah, oh, he had a terrible game, and then he, uh, the NFL forced him to retire. Um, the reports were that he like he told his crew before on Friday night they went out to dinner, he told them this was his last game, blah, blah, blah. Um, Way to go out on top, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, the, but the other on the other hand of it, it was like the NFL doing this guy a favor, like, oh, he's not – He's this, this is his last – they know he's done, so they give him a favor by giving him a playoff game before he goes out. Right. And he makes a couple calls that are – uh, I had a really, really big impact on the game. Um, so we'll post some of the tweets that from some media people who had some comments on it. But I guess the biggest play of the game was uh, Titans have the ball at the Chiefs' like 25-yard line. Um, the series before the Kelsey injury, they're down 14 nothing. Two and a half minutes left in the in the second quarter. Uh, third down, Derek Johnson comes three comes free right up the middle. The Chiefs linebacker and sacks Mariota. So, um, I mean, Mario just got sacked. So he got he got sacked, driven back, and he clearly fumbled the ball. Um, Chiefs clearly recovered it, um, but they blew the play dead, and, and they and they ruled forward progress, which is like the one thing you can't review. It's an unreviewable play. So when the referees uh, ruled forward progress had been stopped, you can't. And the play's dead. You can't review it, no matter what. But there was there was no forward progress to be stopped. He wasn't moving forward. He literally got tackled, got sacked, fumbled the ball, and it should have been a fumble. And it should have been the Chiefs' ball. So, if they go into halftime fourteen nothing, or if they score and it's twenty one nothing, the game's probably a lot different. Uh, there was three points there before halftime for the Titans. I uh, helped obviously a lot, and they won the game by one. So, um, and then there were some other. Uh, calls that they had so kind of in in response to that at the end of the game Derrick Henry had a fumble that got returned for a touchdown when he was down for a second and a half and they reviewed it and they overturned it but it would have been a the Titans are running out the clock and uh, obviously that would have given the Chiefs the lead and the announcers freaked out but so he had a he had a little bit of a difficult uh, day for his last game and uh, people have some things to say about it on Twitter so um, <laughs> if you like ripping the referees you can you guys can go read that stuff uh, okay, and then you're going to give us a little preview of uh, Titans at Patriots this weekend? Yep, so with everything, uh, with all the games sh- shook out, the Titans are at the Patriots. This is the 8, eight o'clock Saturday night game this weekend. Um, key injuries that we're looking at here for Titans and the Patriots. Obviously, he's DeMarco Murray again for the for the Titans. We've mentioned him every, every week since he got hurt, week 16. Uh, he didn't play again this past week, so um, being out two weeks in a row um, – even if he plays this week, one, how healthy is he really going to be? Oh, and two, it's, it's almost better off just riding with Derrick Derek Henry. Um, he's, he's He's been playing pretty good the last couple of weeks. It seems like it takes him a little while to get started, but um, he's a, obviously a big play threat waiting to happen. Um, and he can he can hit his head on the goalpost on any play, as I like to say. So he can he, he, he can score a touchdown anytime he touches the ball. So, um, But still, it would be if he is 100%, it would be nice for the Titans to have him back. But you would think if he was close to 100% last week, he would have played. So how much closer can he really be this week? A um, couple injuries for the Patriots that could have an impact. Uh, Chris Hogan, wide receiver, um, he's missed the last four or five weeks with some shoulder. He, he's kind of been banged up all year. Um, but with, his, with a shoulder, shoulder, ribs, collarbone, yeah, like multiple different injuries, but it all um, similar, uh, similar 
type of type of thing. So, uh, but he was huge for them last year in the playoffs throughout throughout their whole run. I know we killed the Steelers in the championship game, and he had a pretty good Super Bowl too. So, lacrosse um, guy. Yeah, lacrosse guy. So if he's uh, if he is back to 100 percent and healthy and can play, that's a that's a pretty big help for their uh, for their offense of the Patriots. And on the defensive side, Allen Branch, who's their uh, defensive tackle nose guard, um, same thing. He's been dealing with a knee. He's been out for uh, about three or four weeks too. So if he's able to go, that'll help them a lot. Because um, I mean, that's really the the only chance the Titans have. I think is to find a way to ball control slow the game down, minimize the possessions that Brady and the Patriots have as much as possible and just try to run, 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 convert third downs and uh, keep the game 23-20, 21-17 somehow. Uh, Because if the Patriots score 30, 31, 34 points, the Titans have no shot. But um, in order to do that, they're going to have to not turn the ball over and, like I said, control the ball and control the clock. So uh, Branch is out again. That helps them a little bit uh, in terms of maybe being able to run the ball and and kind of dominate up front, but um, we'll we'll see. I don't I spread on the Vegas line is thirteen and a half, so it, that's kind of what the public thinks. It's a it's a should be a two touchdown game. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, you never know. It's football. All right. Uh, next game up is uh, Falcons at Rams. Uh, Falcons won the game twenty six to thirteen. Yeah. So this was the Saturday night game. Uh, the other NFC wildcard game. Was it at L.A.? Yeah, at L.A., yeah. Not a not a ton of injury uh, stuff in this game. Uh, Matt Ryan got hit a couple times hard, went over, um, was in the medical tent once, but he was that was more so like a – not like a concussion test, an actual injury. He got – kind of got twisted around and he got, he got like a scratched – his helmet like scratched behind his ear, so he was bleeding. So they kind of – I mean – that's what that's what the medical tent's for. Yeah. He goes in to like get bandaged up, not uh, like we've said, not more so, not for the concussion protocol. Um, so that's why he was in there. But obviously, he was right back in. Um, there, there was. I don't think there was any concussion, anything involved in that. Um, one of the <clears throat> did get knee in the back of the head. Yes, yeah. That was that, that was, was the play. Right? That was the next play. Oh, okay. That was back to back plays where he kind of did a split and got fall on top of, and then the next play he got hit and knee and got knee in the back of the head. Um, so I guess he was fine. He played the whole rest of the game and played pretty well. So, and no one really had any comment on that one. So, um, but well, we're commenting from an, from the other injury standpoint, it wasn't really much for the Falcons, which is a positive for them going forward. Um, one of the Rams defensive linemen got hurt in the game. Michael Brockers, he was one of their bigger sack guys, which kind of hurt in, in, in the second half when they were trying to come back. But other than that, the biggest problem with the Rams with this game is that they their their return guy turned the ball over twice in the first half, and that kind of that kind of set them back and kind of changed the whole course of the game. I mean, put them behind and and kind of took them out of what they were trying to do. And also, they looked a little. I mean, they're a young team, young coach, young quarterback, and they looked a little. The spot looked a little little bit too big for them, especially early in the game. It took them a while to get adjusted, and then by the time they did in the second half, it was it was too late. They were just playing from behind. All right. Uh, people were complaining about uh, replay reviews taking too long in, in this game. Yeah, so this, this is another one. Uh, and it wasn't that they got them – they ended up getting – I think there was both these calls, and they got them both right, but um, I forget specifically what they were. But they were both in, in, the, in the first half, and uh, the one took, I think, three and a half minutes, and the second one took four and a half minutes. And, yeah, you want to make sure you get the call right, but – uh, people on Twitter were calling them out of just it's just it's taking it's taking too long. If it's going to take five minutes to review it, obviously it's too close. Just, just 
call uh, the call on the field. It's got to it's got to be what it is. So uh, if it doesn't, if you can't tell in a minute, leave leave it as it is. I think that's kind of the main gist because um, and you've talked about this with some other games and in this game it's like every time a touchdown scored it kind of takes away from as a fan it takes away from the joy of the touchdown because you know it's just gonna it's gonna get reviewed um so it's one one thing maybe we'll talk about towards the end of the year with suggestions for the nfl but um i kind of the first year when replay started was the coaches had coaches had two challenges that was it if you use your two challenges you're out um but then, and then they want to go. We want to get every call right. So now they review um, on their own without having to challenge every turnover, every scoring play, um, and it's just it's more stoppages and it's more time, and it, it's like it takes away from it. So it's 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 kind of the strategy. As as a coach, you have two challenges. If you if you want to if you want to use up your two challenges in, in the first quarter, and you don't have one in the fourth quarter, and the refs get a call wrong, you're not going to get bailed out because it's automatically going to be reviewed. Like, yeah. This just minimize the minimize the challenges and 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 go from there but and i think it just has implications for in terms of health and safety for kind of implementing the college football targeting rule you know if we're talking about making the game longer i mean that obviously is going to make the game longer so if they're going to review it yeah if, if they're if right. they're going to do it the same as college doesn't and review it if they call it but um uh, so going into the preview for the Falcons, who move on, they're going to the Eagles. This is the sad first game Saturday. This is a four four thirty game Saturday afternoon. Um, key injuries to look for. The Eagles are pretty healthy, obviously, besides Carson Wentz, biggest injury. Big that, injury. Yeah, big injury they've had, but they've been dealing with that for a couple weeks now, so it's not uh, nothing new for them. Um, from the Falcons' standpoint, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, they've kind of been banged up for the last couple of weeks. We talked about that going into the game last weekend. Um, they well, play. Devontae's running like a freaking yeah. train. Yeah, and that's what, that's, that's what he does. And uh, we, You run like that, you don't, you get hurt. Yeah. So, and he so is, yeah. If you, you make it this far in the season, he's going to be banged up, which he is. So uh, they, But they, they played the whole game on Saturday. They'll play the whole game this Saturday, but uh, they both didn't practice today. Um, just being held out for precautionary stuff. I think it's a knee for Jones and an ankle for Freeman. But the, I mean, like like I said, they'll 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 both be out there. But it's just something to watch if they get banged up again. Either one of those two guys being out for them would be a, a if one of them has to go out during the game, well, that would be a pretty big blow. But um, a lot of people seem to like the Falcons in this game. The Falcons are favored on the road against the one seed, which is it's you don't really see that very often in, in the playoffs for for the a one seed to be. Uh, at home in their first playoff game and be an underdog. That's because of Carson Wentz. That's because it's all because of Carson Wentz. That's that, that's it. So I mean, if Wentz is playing in this game and healthy, the Eagles are probably a six seven point favorite. I mean, the Rams were a six point favorite at, at home last week. So I mean, you put Wentz back on the Eagles, it might get up to eight or nine. But with with Foles, it's uh, like I said, Vegas Vegas likes the Falcons. So uh, we'll kind of see. I I mean, I kind of like the Eagles in this game. I, I think their defense is extremely underrated and I think people are just bashing foals to and don't believe in them just just because it's kind of the cool thing to do right now and that's the side of it to be on but I mean if they if the Eagles can find a way to get get ahead and let their defense play and kind of let Foles manage the game I think that's the best case scenario obviously what, what happens is they're in trouble is Foles comes throws throws an interception early Falcons get up 14 nothing 14-3 they might have a tough time coming back but um it's out you always worry about the the dome teams going outdoors in the playoffs in in, in cold weather, which is which is what the Falcons are going to have to do. So, 
I talk, sneezed. Yeah, you're talking a lot of shit about all the snippers, and then you got you got. I sneezed. So. I, I covered it up pretty good, though. I was pretty proud of that. Karma. Um, you got me sick. That's why I hang out with you too much. <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay. Next game up was uh, Bills at Jaguars, and the Jaguars won that game ten to three. Yeah, snooze fest of a game. Snooze a palooza fest. It's about as bad of quarterback play as I think you'll ever see in the playoffs. Um, Bortles had more rushing yards and passing yards. Uh, Tyrod Taylor threw an interception, just barely missed open guys, and it was just it wasn't it wasn't a, a tremendously exciting game to watch. But Jaguars won. They're moving on. They're going to Pittsburgh this weekend. I'll be there. Hopefully, I'll come home happy and um, be, be previewing a, a, Ren- a renegade a Steelers AFC Championship game this weekend. But um, injury wise for the Bills Jags, um, I guess the biggest the biggest ones for the Jaguars going forward is Paul Pozzolini got hurt in the first half with a hip. And he didn't return. Didn't right? go back in the game. Um, I haven't seen any update. They don't need to give an update until tomorrow when when they have their first official practice of the week. So. Um, He's he he's important for them, but he's not essential. I mean, he's he's kind of like their he's in on their first and second second down packages for 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 running downs. But I mean, if they don't have if they don't have him, it's not the end of the world. Um, and he was kind of he was uh, the main injury that Jaguars suffered. I mean, the Bills obviously had more injuries in that game, um, which from their perspective, the the guys will all be healthy when they play the next game next year. But um, Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Got a concussion at the end of the game, last drive, uh, down seven. Um, guy kind of tackled one of those ones where he gets tackled and wrapped up, and his arms are trapped, and he gets body uh, slammed. Body slammed, his head whiplashes, and uh, back of his head hits hit, hits the turf. So um, possible fencing response on that one. Yeah, tough to tell. Tough to tell, but uh, I mean, obviously there was only 45 seconds left in the game when it happened. He he went he went out he was down for a while he went out didn't uh, didn't come back in the game the guys um, were like praying on the field and yeah it's just because he was down for so long and he wasn't uh, moving a lot at, at the beginning um, yeah, again I, it's, it, when you when you slow it down and as much time as they show the replay uh, it looks it can look unnecessary but I mean at the end of the day, I mean the guys the guys scrambling with a minute left down seven the, the defensive guys just trying to tackle him you know he's yeah. he's, he's not. I mean, yeah, it's it, just like looking at it from a spectator's position. Like he used his full body weight to like and like you know crash down to the ground with him. But but that's what you do. On, that's what happens yeah. on a lot of tackles. Yeah. It's just um, I was going to say this with about the Kelsey one. The same thing about this one uh, with Tyrod Taylor's injury. If if Tyrod Taylor gets up, just jumps back up and goes in the huddle for the next play, or if Kelsey uh, just gets back up and goes in the huddle for the next play, nobody thinks twice about either of those two hits. Right. You know, they're just your it's your average run of the mill play in the NFL. Uh, but since they got hurt, um, and since something happened, especially um, concussion wise, then that's the ones where people um, can say, Oh, it was unnecessary, you didn't need to do it, whatever. Um, but uh, to me it was just a play. Um, unfortunately for the for the Bills, uh, Nate their backup came in, Nate Peterman so he had to come in with 50 seconds left. First play of the game was a fourth and three. And he, had, they, he actually scrambled, got the first down, even though he fumbled, he recovered himself. And then two plays later, he did an intentional grounding call, and then he threw an interception. But uh, It was, it, like, tipped. It wasn't a terrible interception, but. Yeah, it was, wasn't. was I've seen worse. Yeah. but So, obviously a tough start for Peterman's career. Six interceptions, and I think he's, they said he's he had about 20, 25 pass attempts and six interceptions this, this year. So, 
All right, a few other injuries during this game. Uh, Micah Hyde, safety for Buffalo, uh, went in the concussion protocol and squirted a fan with some water on the way to the locker room. Yeah, I didn't think that was malicious at all. Either. Neither did I, but I thought it was annoying that on Twitter, yeah. that's the only video that was there was the squirting water, not uh, the actual yeah. hit itself. But yeah, so. we did find the, the hit itself, and uh, Leonard Fournette, a couple of plays before that, um, well, Micah High was trying to tackle Leonard Fournette a few times before he had the concussion, and he went super low on Fournette, had his head down, not really like seeing where he's hitting like you're taught in football, and it looked as though Leonard Fournette was like telling Micah Hyde like keep your head up like when you hit almost like with kind of the by language that he was uh, giving back to Micah Hyde, and then a couple of plays later, Micah Hyde. Goes low on a tight receiver, end. tight end, yeah. for, like across the middle, and so low that he gets kneed in the head and yeah. he's out for the yeah. game. So, like, and I, I said this a bunch, you know, for a long time, like years, I've been saying this of like when when defensive backs go low, so low that they don't see what they're they're hitting. Like, you're exposing yourself, not only the receiver to a knee injury. I remember when we were watching this game. I was like, ooh, like, you know, that that was a dangerous play for that that tight end because he easily could have, you know, had his foot been planted a half second earlier, he might be out with an ACL injury or whatever. But at the same time, the defensive back put him, they, you put yourself at risk of getting need in the head and having yeah. a, a neck injury when you don't, when you, you go that low. So I think that was a perfect example of that kind of situation. Yeah. It's, it, it seemed, it seems to have become reactionary for, uh, I mean, if you think about it, most of these corners and safeties are smaller, Guys, I mean, if you're if you're six five, you're playing wide receiver. You don't see a lot of six four, six five defensive backs. You just don't. A lot of times, they're just they're, they're smaller dudes on the field, um, especially when you're getting up against NFL tight ends. Um, so, I mean, if you <laughs> that's what it's, we've talked about all year with Gronk. I mean, if you as a six foot safety at one ninety five try to tackle Gronk straight up, who's six seven two sixty. Yeah, you're 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 not going to tackle him. So uh, it's it's I don't know what the solution is, but um, figure it out and don't. But the 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 the, the biggest problem is, and especially what happened with Micah Hyde specifically is, um, they not only do they go low, like you said, they also kind of they they're going low and also trying to protect themselves by kind of balling up and going low but at the same time like you said their eyes are in the ground or their eyes are looking the other way and they're leading with almost the back of their head right and that's and that's when they get need or kicked or need or kicked by a teammate need or kicked by a receiver and that's what we've talked about this year a lot of times you're getting your concussions on hits the back of the head hits the side of the head um yeah i'm just thinking like Obviously, you're told from the time you start playing football that low man always wins. And, like, if you're a small guy, that's how you bring big guys down, just getting lower than they get. So I completely get their approach to tackling the t- these big tight ends. However, I feel like there's a safer way to go about it. Like, you could still hit him, you know, like five inches above his kneecap, have your head up, and wrap around, just bear hug his leg and just yeah. roll him down. Like, to me, you could still make the same play without putting the – uh, offensive receiver in a, a bad position and yourself in a bad position yeah. as well. It, um, it's uh, obviously it's a lot easier said than done sitting here on the couch, but um, I think going forward, that's probably one of the biggest or going to be the, one of the biggest hurdles um, from a player safety standpoint. Um, is the players to, themselves? Well, yeah, but uh, the, those those specific um, 
like that specific play with those specific players, you know, it's, it's going to be, that, that's one of the biggest things that's going to be hard, the hardest to change, I think, because the size of the guys isn't going to change. So, yeah. um, just going forward into the next couple of, couple of years, it's interesting to see if that. What if the size of the guys does change? And you just start start having six, seven, two hundred sixty pound safeties, or the opposite, and they just there's like a weight, there's like a weight limit. I well, we should we're we're we're, we're going to table this discussion. I meant to bring this up to you, and I totally forgot. I was listening to the radio this week, and that was one of the the weight limit weight idea. Limit, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've been reading. Oh no, that was on the podcast. That was on the Chris Borland podcast. Right. That yeah. We're going to talk about later. Yeah. The, I think that's a good idea, or it's an interesting idea, at least. It's got a lot um, of flaws, but it has it has some merit and some potential. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so, and then I guess the last play was the Nick O'Leary tight end for the Bills went across the middle, bobbled it, left himself exposed, got almost like clotheslined, hit underneath the chin, and the guy launched himself at yeah. at him too. Yeah. So it, uh, it looked like it either should have been a penalty or it wasn't a penalty though, nope. right? It wasn't a penalty, and they didn't do concussion protocol. No. Um, he looked a little out of. He, I wouldn't say well, out of he, it. Well, he he like grabbed his chin and he got hit under the chin. Yeah, I'm he sure got, his chin probably hurt. I mean, to me, when I think of like the unaffiliated neuro, whatever they are, certified neuro specialists or yeah. whatever, the UNCs, um, that exact play to me is something that they should point out and be like, whoa, like at least ch- at least check the guy out. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm not saying there's something wrong with them, but like that's a, that specific play. Which is all most of these plays are on the website. If you guys want to check them out, was like an obvious one. Like just check, yeah, just in he case. He got he got hit hard. He got up a little slow, not super slow. Went to the sideline, and they showed, the camera showed him on the sideline. He's just like standing there, like grabbing fl- his jaw, his yeah, because he got no one. Up. No one came over and talked to him, and they went back in the game. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Um, so take a look at that one. Let me know. What, let us know what what you guys think about that that hit. Um, does that wrap it up for? We got the preview, preview for the Jags. Oh, preview for for. So uh, I was Jags go to Pittsburgh this week, rematch the Week Five game, which I was also at, where Ben threw five interceptions, two return for touchdowns. Jags won thirty to nine. Um, Steelers turned the ball over five times. It was just a, um, a all around bad game for the Steelers. I think Bortles had seventy five yards passing, and and obviously they they managed to win pretty handily. So, um. Key injury in this game is obviously for the Steelers, Antonio Brown. So, a, a best player uh, on their team, biggest impact guy. And he, in week 15 against the Patriots, had a calf injury. Um, they said he practiced fully on Monday. Uh, they didn't need to. They didn't need to give a practice report for Monday. Um, but they said he was out doing everything. From the sounds of it, it's it seems like he's, if not 100% close, it seems like he's definitely going to play. Um, I'll still be interested to see. Um, how healthy and how much like Antonio Brown he looks, because um, that's obviously the biggest, probably the biggest matchup from a game standpoint. X no standpoint is the Jaguar secondary, who's probably has the best secondary in the league against the Steelers wide receivers um, and there's receivers in general, tight ends and Le'Veon Bell included in that. Um, that was gave the Steelers the most trouble in, in the first game. They didn't get any separation. They weren't open, and Ben was trying to force some throws, and um, they. The Jaguars made made some plays, but it wasn't just that game. I mean, they have they have four corners who have combined for 18 in, interceptions this year. So that's that's what they're capable of doing. So just going forward into this week, that will be uh, that'll be the biggest thing. But I will say, if Blake Boyle doesn't throw for more than 100 yards this week, I do not think they can win. But 
We'll see. Mm, I feel like most of the time that 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 statement would be true for any would, any situation. You would think, but uh, who knows? We'll see. All right, then we got the last game of the weekend: uh, Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Saints beat them thirty-one to twenty-six. But this game also had the most controversial health and safety topic of the weekend. Yes. So. Just quickly about the game. I mean, the Saints Saints got up big early. Uh, Panthers were really do. Uh, they didn't have any problem moving the ball, but they couldn't score any touchdowns or settling for field goals. Um, with the Cam- so we'll just get right into Cam Newton. So concussion, not concussion. They said he didn't have a concussion. They said he got poked in the eye. Um, they're down by. I think when he got. I think when he got hurt, they're they're down. It was by five. He gets hurt. He like scrambles around, avoids a sack. Is like his like his his he's facing the opposite end zone, so his back's to the line of scrimmage and to where all his receivers are. As he's scrambling around, and he kind of turns and faces the line of scrimmage to fight for yards upfield, and he never sees this guy coming. And he gets blasted basically, and he shows all the signs of your typical. Head injury, concussion. Like he's he was down for a while. He was his his head in his hands. Um, he got up. He got to the sideline. He starts jogging to the sideline. It, I mean, and and this is where it gets debated. So he's jogging the sideline, and he doesn't make it all the way to the sideline. He, I mean, he slows down and takes a knee. And the Panthers came out and said uh, they were guys on the coaches on the bench were telling him to take a knee so the backup would have. Yeah, more I've time. seen that happen before. Yeah, but like it's a believable thing. It's yeah. kind of why they said it. And then they said uh, he, he his his visor poked him or was putting pressure on his eye or poked him in the eye. I don't, and that's I don't what, buy that for a second. So he's on the bench and he's got an, an ice pack on his eye. So basically, that was that, that was a second down play. Derek and Derek Anderson, their backup, comes comes in for one play, incomplete. They punt. Saints score a touchdown. Go up by twelve. Cam comes back in the game. Uh, the next drive. This is like seven minutes left in the game. So obviously Panthers down down twelve with seven minutes left. Um, if Cam Newton's out with a concussion, they have no, no shot. They have no chance. And Cam they came back in down twelve. McCaffrey had a sixty yard touchdown catch. They're down five. Uh, they get the ball back with a minute thirty seconds left, and they have a chance to win the game. Uh, all all mainly because of Cam Newton. Um, so. There was, and then Twitter blows up about how, and it's this one. This one is 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 tough for me because it's at the end of the day, it's every the the biggest question I have is because of the Cam Newton situation. Everyone see how sees how he comes off the field, um, and what we've talked about the change in the concussion rules that if you show any sign of imbalance or instability or those concussion-like symptoms, you're supposed to now go to the locker room to get checked for and go through concussion pro- protocol. So he never went to the locker room. Um, I think he went to the tent for a minute, and then he had the ice on his eye. So I guess people are saying that when he was jogging to the sideline and went down to the ground to take a knee – It was that, because he was, like, dizzy. Right. And he couldn't make it on his own because of the hit that he took. And then the Panthers are saying that – they told him. They to, told him to, to kneel, and that's why he did that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 all he said. She said, "Who do you believe?" Um, yeah, I feel like this one's gonna be hard to prove. Yeah, you know, especially because like the Panthers are done. So like, yeah, he's not playing this week. Uh, yeah. But a lot of it, and the, 
everyone wants to go out and kill the NFL. How, how, like, this is a perfect example. How does Cam, how, how can you let Cam get, get back in the game? How does he not go through, go through, go through concussion protocol? Um, the NFL is going to investigate and see if the Panthers handled the concussion protocol correctly. Um, but in game, and this is kind of like what we've we've talked about, like in the playoffs, and it's do or die, winner go home. Your quarterback gets hit in the head. What do you, what do you do? Don't they have an extra referee in these games too? And yeah, but so here's here's my question: whose decision ultimately is it? Okay, so everybody wants to kill the NFL, but. How much can they really do? How much control do they have? Okay, so they have their independent neurologist who is an NFL, but then the Panthers also have their team doctor. So if the independent neurologist comes over to the Panthers team doctor and says, I think Cam couldn't make it to the sideline because he has a concussion, and the team doctor says, no, he doesn't, who wins? You right. know what I mean? Like who's who 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 has the final say over who who lets him go back in the game or not go back in the like game? Like live? Yes, during yeah. like during it because so people can kill the NFL all they want, but like at the and, end of the day, what is what is the NFL really going to do if the Panther doc, the Panthers doctor said no, he's fine, he can go back in the game? Well, I think it all comes down to accountability again. It's like people will have a problem with the NFL because they make these rules, but then they don't kind of follow up on the application of those rules. So what we're kind of talking about here is that it's difficult or it's a difficult position for the NFL and for the team. Um, and to me, it's it's even more validation to have something like a site safety manager that is kind of like the buffer between the two. But he has – like that guy has to be able to um, somehow be able to make decisions. But, it, I mean, but then you're asking him to make a doctor decision, which – I don't know if it's a doctor decision, but it's if there's any question, he's in the protocol. Yeah. No, yeah, and that's and that's probably. I mean, looking at it, that's probably what should have happened. I mean, how long would it take? I mean, if he has to go in the locker room, how long is it going to take for him to go in the locker room? I mean, obviously, if they made him go in the locker room, they would have what kept him in there for five minutes, and then and then the Panthers doc they put him back in the game anyway. They would have they would have put him back in the game even if he went to the locker room for five minutes. Right. So um, you're saying why just not do just do that just to be safe? Yeah. To like cover your bases um, or something. And maybe because there was so little time in the game that they didn't want to. I don't know. Like, they, yeah. like they they need him to go back in the game. I don't know. It just it's. It's it's tough for me to crush the NFL on this one because like it's I don't know how much control they actually have you know and and at the same time so you say that and what control do they have so they have the control of if the teams aren't following the rules the way they're supposed to they can discipline them but I mean it's Panthers are in the playoffs right so this is what they work all year for blah 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 all this stuff so you're telling me that if the Panthers um, Break the rules, put Cam Newton back in the game. The NFL investigates, find out, finds out they broke the rules, and they get five, find a hundred grand. Do you think they're going to care? You know, the team doesn't care if you get Worth find a hundred grand. It's not. It's it, it it's in game, especially in the playoff. That's that's not a deterrence, right? You know, but they got the draft pick thing. So, you mean they can take a draft pick? Yeah, yeah, but they haven't done that, and it's the old precedent thing. So, like they. If if they didn't do it with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, are they going to do it with the Panthers just because it's the playoffs? Uh, probably not. You know, the precedent had has been set. If you break concussion protocol, you're going to get fined a hundred thousand dollars. See, to me, that's more of like the NFL's fault. Like that's something the NFL can control, which is the precedence. And we've been talking about that all season. Yeah. Like. No, it, it, no, I I I I agree with that. Um. So. 
but that, I think that plays into it a lot with with the, with the, with teams in, in in the playoffs. Like it's especially when it comes to your quarterback. So I don't know. I he seemed fine the rest of the game. He seemed fine after the game. So. Well, he was wearing sunglasses in the post game press oh, conference. Yeah, so that could be a sign of you know sensitivity light, yeah. to light. You know. It, yeah, I mean, or a way so people couldn't see his eyes. Maybe he was, you know, that could that could be yeah. seen as a cover up. For all we know, he could have gotten a concussion. But you know what? It's one of those things where I some, somebody on Twitter just said, with all this is the opposite of what we've been talking about all year, and and I'm not condoning this in any way. But the one guy on Twitter was like, just he said, just screw it, screw the screw concussion protocol, screw everything. You know, if they're not going to take it seriously and they're not going to do it and they're not going to enforce it, and the players don't care. And the players don't care. Just, you know, everyone knows what they signed up for. If you think you have a concussion, come out. If you don't, keep playing. I mean, that's a, that, that's a terrible thing to, thing to do. But it's it's basically what's happening anyway. <coughs> because, like the, the, like, the NFL can have all the rules about concussion protocol and concussions that uh, they, they want. But when something like this happens with Cam Newton, they it, 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 it can be seen as them doing what they want. So Yeah, that, that's an interesting point because – it's interesting, like why people care. You know what I mean? Because they want. I, I think the I people. Think, yeah, I don't think people care because they care about Cam Newton's safety. I think people care because they want to bash the NFL. I'm starting to believe that more and more because I obviously care because I was there once. My life was. You impacted. don't want to see anyone, any anybody in the NFL happened to them. What happened to you? Yeah, or anyone, but like I know the damage that could be done from playing football the wrong way and not managing concussions the way they should be managed. Like I have invested interest in that opinion, but, and the players in my opinion should also have invested interest in that opinion and caring for their longevity and, you know, both during their career and, and post career. But to me, just like your average fan, like, yeah, like why do you care? Like if they go through concussion protocol or if they don't go through concussion protocol, like yeah. to you, it, it makes zero difference to you. No, you know, I, you should care, I guess, from a humanitarian standpoint. Yeah. But that's what people people want to make it seem like it's that way. But really, people just want to bash the NFL. Um, yeah, and, and it's almost like it's. I've been talking about NFL PR signs for forever, starting with that like. NFL evolution campaign talking about how they're trying to make the game safer like with the, those commercials and then like uh, th- those like mom commercials where they're trying to teach the moms that it's safe for their kids to play football yeah. and they're, they're working on make the, making the game safer and uh, the USA football heads up initiative like all these different PR stunts like it's almost like the concussion protocol it's like in some ways it makes them look bad but another way it's like this like blanket that kind of covers the bases that says like hey we care we had this yeah. concussion protocol in place yeah. you know this is what people want to see and uh, like i like, like you said when uh, i think the guy was half kidding when he when he said it but if you think about how much different it would be from an nfl standpoint if they had no concussion protocol right they don't talk about concussions at all like kind of kind of how it was eight ten years ago you know where they didn't talk about concussions they didn't have concussion protocol but all the same steps that they actually have that have been publicized are in place. Um, the education is there, but they just they don't talk about it. You know, they don't talk about it publicly. You know, does that kind of make sense? Don't talk about what publicly? Concussion protocol and uh, like everything that they're doing in reaction to to concussion. So um, 
I don't know if I said that good enough. Like, so you said eight, 10 years ago, there's no concussion protocol in the NFL, right? right. There's, there's no, uh, they don't, they don't really talk about it enough or didn't talk about people it. didn't even really talk about concussions at all. So now people are talking about it. I think players are more educated on it. I think teams are more educated on how to deal with them um, and how to spot them. Okay. So now in today's game, we have taken all those extra steps that the teams are better at it. The players know are more educated. Um, I think they're more aware of it. So why do we need concussion protocol? Why does it have to be public? You know, yeah. I, it's it, we can go back to how 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 much information the fans got ten years ago. I mean, it, it doesn't. I, I, like I said, I think the guy was making a joke when he said the guys know what they're signing up for. Why does the NFL even need a concussion protocol? But it it kind of makes sense. Like there doesn't there doesn't need it. It's one of those things that it it should be in place without the NFL without the public man, eye. mandating it being there. It should just be like a regular injury, you know. I mean, it's hard because it's not a regular like a concussion isn't the same thing as a pulled hammy or a broken bone for the implications and the ability to hide it. Yeah, yeah. but from a, a strict team, how the team deals with it, it should be no different. Like, there's not a protocol of how you deal with a broken foot. You know, why does there need to be a protocol on how you deal with a concussion? Because you should be dealing with it the best way you can, at it from to the a, best of your ability, yeah, from a yeah. team doctor standpoint and from a player standpoint. Right. Um, but like you said, I think the NFL comes out with a protocol because that's what the public needs to see them to do. Right. And I think once again, it goes back to the players. Like if the players don't care, nothing's ever going to change. It's never going to get better. And like like we're just talking about now, like. It doesn't matter to me and you. It doesn't matter to the fans watching the game. Like we're not the ones who have to live with the with those brains for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I have to live with my brain for the rest of my life because of the decisions that I made. But you know, the stakeholders are the ones who play the game. Yeah. When it, especially when it comes to concussions, because no one else has to live in their body after their career except yeah. for them. Yeah. And until I think they realize that, yeah. I don't. And they think, can make as many concussion protocol rules as they yeah. freaking want. It's never going to change. So. I, I think a lot of them are, and I think a lot of them are accepting of it. And we, we've kind of talked about that this year. But it's putting a cap on it. I mean, it's it's really hard for me to crush the NFL um, specifically for the Cam Newton thing because I don't I, I don't think they I don't think they honestly control that it's that it's it's the the NFL isn't making the final decision on if Cam's Cam's going back in the game or not. Yeah, like Rogers like, "No, nah, put him back in." Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's yeah. not the NFL. So you can crush the NFL as much as you want, but you're crushing the NFL because the Panthers didn't follow a protocol that the NFL made up to satisfy the fans. Right. So it's just it's it's a uh, it's it's silly when you look at it that way. When you think about it in in that light. But it's definitely interesting. Um so that's pretty much it for the – I mean, Saints lost one of their offensive linemen, broken fibula. He got rolled up on. Uh, obviously, he'll be out for the rest of the year. We'll see if that impacts their running game at all. Which they didn't really – I mean, the, the Panthers were like, throw the ball as much as you want. Uh, you're not running it. Um, and the Panthers were like – or the Saints were like, all right, we're just going to throw the ball wide open guys all day long. <laughs> and that's kind of what they did. So um, Saints are at the Vikings. It's the last game of the weekend this week. Four – 4:40 on Sunday afternoon, um, rematch week one. Vikings with Sam Bradford on Monday night, first week of the year. Kind of took it to the Saints a little bit. Um, again, that was the AP back to Minnesota game where he was kind of screaming at Sean Payton on the sideline. And um, so the Saints have come a long way since then. They're a lot different team, and so are the Vikings. They got a different quarterback with Case Keenum, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Vikings defense is really good, but it's another matchup of a uh, of a uh, of uh, 
pretty well-rounded team of the Saints with an experienced quarterback against a pretty well-rounded team of the Vikings with an inexperienced playoff quarterback in Case Keenum. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think all, all in all, the Vikings are the best team in the, in the, in the NFC, um, full, full, full roster. But, um, I think this might be the best game of the weekend, the most competitive game. All right. Thanks Josh for your input as always. And, uh, Listeners out there, make sure you give us your your picks for this week. We'll we'll throw up the the Instagram story for you guys to put in your vote. Uh, we didn't do too well as a as a whole. I think across the board, everybody was two and two. I think everybody got the Chiefs wrong. Zero and one. Um, Cratch had the fa- Falcons. Everyone right. else had had uh, had the had the Rams. Everyone had the Jags. Everyone had the Jags, and you had the Panthers. So Cratch was actually. Uh, three and one. Yeah, Cratch, NFL reporter. I mean, I rules guess. rules of day. You, me, and Evan, we're two and two. Okay, so we'll look to bounce back this week. All right. I don't think I'm, I don't plan on being any better, but either way, you did think the Jaguars were going to score thirty-two points or thirty-seven points. That's because my favorite number, dude. <laughs> you didn't put that. To, you didn't put that no, together. That was the wrong game to put the thirty-seven on. Man, whatever. That's why I said I didn't want to do the. I didn't want to do scores. I don't do scores. I got. I got to go strictly by luck. I have a 50-50 chance of getting it right. Scores are more fun. All right, guys. Have a good week. Hopefully, uh, Josh's sniffles will be gone next week. You freaking sniffle face. That'll be good. See ya.